Welcome to episode 391 of the Haskin Cast podcast. I'm your host, Scott Haskin, and here I am so excited to talk to my returning guest. If you're watching on the YouTube feed, you can see him on your screen already. If you're anywhere else, you probably read who it was in the notes, so I'm not going to shock you by telling you, but I'm still excited. It is Jeffrey Sitkoff from George Doors of Change. Jeffrey, how are you? Doing great, Scott. I'm so excited to have you back. I have heard rumors that uh, mostly from you, that, that things have changed uh, quite a bit since you were here a couple years ago. Tell me what's going on. Well, Scott, since COVID, let me just share with your listeners. Um, Doors of Change is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has been helping homeless youth get off the streets uh, in Southern California for the last 22 and a half years. Uh, trust is everything with these kids. They don't trust anybody. And so you have to build your trust very quickly with them and once they trust you, they ask for help. And we've been able to place over 2,800 homeless youth between the age of 17 and 24, 25. We call them the transitional age youth. They're the youth, Scott, that are the most underserved of the entire homeless population. However, because they have not been homeless for that long and they don't have that much mental illness compared to who's been on the streets for a long time and drug addiction, et cetera, they have the likely, the most likely of any of the age groups to break the cycle of homelessness. And that's so awesome. that's why we work with them. They're most underserved. But once you help them, give them a hand up, you know, not a hand out, but a hand up. They truly can break the cycle and become productive citizens and be proud of their lives. Well, I remember when we talked last time, uh, you know, we talked about the fact that they are, um, they're not just skittish. I mean, they are really like hard to reach. Have you guys found some new strategies to uh, to enhance your ability to kind of win them over a little bit and give them a chance? Yes, and that's a great question. Let me just first say that always people ask me in the beginning, why are these kids homeless? Because we let's set the you know the the the, the guidelines of why these kids are homeless. Ninety eight percent of these kids are not homeless by choice. Forty percent uh, of the youth nationally our LGBTQ plus kids, and once they come out to their parents, they kick them on the streets, even today in 2024. The other 60% come from such dysfunctional families. Their parents are alcoholics, their parents are drug addicts, they're mentally ill, and they're very abusive, and it's safer for them to be on the streets than in their home. So that's the first thing, just to let your listeners know, listen, these kids don't want to be homeless, but once they're on the streets, they don't trust anybody because anybody they've trusted, any adult has taken advantage of them. And so they really don't know who to trust. And so well, you think about your your parents or whoever your guardians are, whether it be an aunt and uncle or grandparents, you know, whoever's raising you, that is supposed to be of all the person that you can go to with problems, the person that's going to help you with your needs and help educate you and teach you about the world. If you can't trust them, it's there's nowhere to go from there. You know, and the thing, these kids really are good kids underneath everything. And they 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 are so confused and they're so bummed out because they don't know who to trust. And we um, found a way to do it through COVID. We stopped our award-winning music and art program in which we saw 81 homeless, 8,100 homeless youth in that program over 18 years. Very successful program. But because of COVID, we had to close it down. And right. so we had to really pivot ourselves and think outside the box. What can we do? We have to still reach these kids. They need the help. And so we started the Homeless Youth Advocacy Program, in which we're really advocates for these kids. We're like almost like their parents that they don't have. 
And so to find them since COVID, the kids have really gone underground. They are so freaked out about COVID still today. They don't want to be together that much because if they do, they could pick up COVID from someone because they're not, you know, vaccinated because their immune system is very low. Right. They really can get seriously sick from COVID. And so they really, you don't see the kids as much as you did before. They're there, but they're hidden. Well, and they have no resources too for healthcare, right? I mean, if they're if they're on the street, it's not like they have health insurance or can go to a hospital or or anything too. Correct. And so that's exactly what we do. I'm going to hold up a poster. You can see we devised this poster with one of our universities in San Diego, UCSD. The mm -hmm. students helped come up with this poster. It's a very bright poster, and it allows these kids to like see it, and yeah. it lists all the things that we do to help them. And with our telephone number and our Facebook and our Instagram. And do you know that these kids are calling us by the droves, asking us, can I get a computer? Can I get telephones? What can you do to help me? And that has changed everything. That's That's been a game changer. This, this poster has been a game changer. We literally, over the last three years, because of this poster, have housed 849 youth wow. in safe housing because they've come to us for help and while and, and because we have tremendous case managers, Nicole and Turquoise are, are two of our phenomenal case managers. And once these kids approach us, they either pick up the phone immediately, any time of the day or night, 24-7. So they call us at one in the morning. One of our case managers or our program director, Joanne Newgard, pick up the phone for these kids. If not, if they're already on the phone speaking to someone, within 20 minutes max, they will call these kids back up. They're not used to that. They're used right. to waiting days and days and days. But if yeah. you can get to them quickly, they say, wow, maybe they really do want to help me. And so well, well, that, but, but you're also getting to them when they're in the mode of being open to, to the help, right? Because if they, they walk away, they don't get a call back quick. They already start diminishing that, that trust and that willing to, to accept help. Absolutely, Scott. You have to get these kids when they, when they come to you, mm -hmm. because like you say, if you wait an hour, two hours, they're gone. You might not ever get them back. So because we have such a quick response time, these kids realize that, hey, maybe these people really will help me. And we give them all the, we ask them, can we, it, would you be okay if we assess you, what your needs are? And so they go through a long assessment and the case manager will realize, hey, they need mental health possibly support. They need medical insurance support. They need all these different things that they might need. Every kid is different, but we get them the resources that they need quickly. Mm -hmm. So that has been a game changer. And that's why we've been breaking records of getting kids placed in appropriate housing for, uh, for the last three years now. That's amazing. Congratulations. I also love the fact that some good has come out of this whole COVID nightmare you know, I've seen a lot of people have to pivot and, you know, a lot of people suffered between the health issues and death and losing their businesses and things. But there has been some good things like this that have come out of it because you wouldn't have pivoted if you didn't have to. Why Why would you even think about it? A absolutely, Scott. I mean, we had such an amazing music and arts program, taking music and arts in the streets for 18 years. Mm -hmm. We were getting tremendous results. We saw 8,100 youth in that program. And you're absolutely right. If it wasn't for COVID, we wouldn't have been forced to, you know, stopping this and yeah. thinking, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. And so we make lemonade out of lemons. We said we got to help these youth and thank God that it's worked and that we have such a tremendous staff that's open to pivoting 
and making the changes needed to help these kids get get the services, the resources they need to get off the streets and to safe housing, but not as importantly, to get them the, the resources to get jobs, to be able to get job you know, training, uh, and, and to be able to be productive citizens, self-sufficient. Well, yeah, I mean, getting them off the street isn't detrimental, right? You have to get them off the street, but yeah. you, it, but you know, I, I don't, I hate to use this analogy, so please forgive me, but it's the only thing that's coming to mind at the moment. I said I use food, but I, I won't for this one. I was at a play when I first moved to Vegas, and it was all about how um, slavery was abolished. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. You know, I I don't know that much about the Civil War, but one thing that that hit me was, yeah, they abolished slavery. And then what did the slaves do? They stayed working for the same people. They didn't have anyone saying, okay, we've gotten you out of this bad situation. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to get you education. We're going to get you, you know, better housing or better jobs. Or There was nothing. So yes, you have to get them off the street, but you have to set them up for success beyond yeah. that. You're absolutely right, Scott. And can I share a success story with your, yeah. your listeners? Because, you know, people, if you're listening to this and if you're touched, if you take action, you're going to make a difference. If you take no action, it's not going to help anybody. Right. So doorsofchange.org is our website. That if you want to go and see some interviews, see the, the actually pictures of the youth, read stories about them, and see a lot of videos of them being interviewed and speaking at, at events or whatever, it's very powerful. But I'll share with you the story about Justine. Justine was, when she, she was 12 years old, her, her mom was an alcoholic. Her mom's boyfriend used to beat her up drag her by her hair, and then started taking her clothes off when she was 12 years old. And she wow. said, I'm out of here. And she literally ran out of the house at 12 years old, shaved her head so she looked like a guy, joined a gang, was on the streets for four years until she was 16. When I met her, she was so emotionally distraught and depressed, she tried to kill herself twice. And when I met her, she didn't even look at me for two months in the eye. Wow. Finally came up to me and said, Scott, I want to learn how to play music. And that was the beginning. And then she said to me, Jeffrey, can I get involved in the art program? And so that's when her life changed. And this was Justine when she started getting involved in the art program. You and get a little bit of glare. Can you tilt it up just a little bit? There you okay. go. Oh, wow. Gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Yes. And she was, believe me, she was dressed. You can see her in black, but mm -hmm. she had piercings. She was just really gothic and, and whatever. Well, sure. the... Our program taught her how to make jewelry. And so she started making jewelry for herself, started selling the jewelry, and she started making money and started actually being able to be in an apartment, be able to put herself through school. She then went through uh, undergraduate at UC Santa Barbara, graduate of magna cum laude. And then after that, she said, you know something? I want to help more homeless people. They need representation. She went to law school and she graduated law school. Wow. That's her and her gown from Law School. That's amazing. I love it. Yes. And that's just one example of many youth that we work with that had success stories because we gave them a little hand up. Now, they're going to have to work very hard. Sure. I tell all of our kids, nothing is easy. You're going to have to work hard. But as long as you work hard and you continue to work hard, you will succeed. Well, without... Without being able to put myself in their mental state, because that would be incredibly unfair for me to even think I could do that. I would think as an outsider that once you've gotten off the street, once you've kind of reconnected with a life of having food available and shelter available, 
you wouldn't want to lose that. And that would be a great motivator to hang in there. But you bring up a really interesting point. Another factor in this whole thing is it's not finding them and getting them off the street and it's not setting them up for success. It's that interim time where they're learning to trust you, where they can get to the point of looking you in the eye. That's probably the most delicate and vital time for them to get through, I would think. Yeah, it's it's building trust. Trust, once you build trust, they really want you to help them and they ask for advice and they take your advice. They have to be ready for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it really has to come with tr building trust with these youth. And that's why our homeless youth advocacy programs Build trust as quick, if not quicker, than our music and our program did. They both did build trust quickly, but mm -hmm. I think because they're coming to us and asking for help, it's kind of like they're already ready to be, you know, helped in the right situation. And we everything we can to make them feel comfortable. We don't judge them. We, you know, we don't put pressure on them. We are loving. We're kind to them. We give them options, and then they, you know, as as they're ready, they, they accept it. I can't tell you how much I love that you're doing this. I, I mean, I, I remember talking to you last time and how excited I was, but, you know, hearing the the growth of what you guys have done, I was impressed last time. And what you've done now is leaps and bounds from where you were a couple of years ago. This is amazing. Well, you know, you have to be think out of the box. You have to think, what do these youth need today? Not what yeah. it was 10 years ago, but today. And one of the things we find now is that a lot of these kids are living in their cars. You know, San Diego State University, 10% of the students at San Diego State are homeless. 10%. They're living in their cars. And wow. so cars break down. And when they break down, they can't go to work. You know, right. they, they go on the streets from the car. So we have now, again, expanded and that we actually pay for car repairs. Oh. Because if a battery goes bad, we get replaced the battery. So mm -hmm. they can actually live in their car until they're finished with school. You know what I mean? And get through that. We, we fix their transmission so they can go to work. You know, that's one of the things. We also pay for first and last month's rent to get them wow. into a long-term place, an apartment, so they can stay there. And they couldn't come up with that without our help, you know. So we're doing things to expand our resources, our coverage, to get more kids the, you know, the availability to succeed and stay off the streets. And I've lived in Southern California. I can tell you that I know that that is not a small bill to have to foot. Um, you know, it, it's interesting here in Vegas, they've just passed a law, which I, I'm not particularly, I, I don't stand behind it in any way, shape or form. I'll just say that. But the law is basically that, that you cannot be on a bridge. So I'm not talking about like freeway bridges. I'm talking about the bridges on the strip. So there are people that are, you know, they sit there, they have their signs or whatever. They're now doing everything they can to force these people out. Um, also, we had under, I think it was the Link Hotel under the parking garage, we had a massive amount of homeless people that were sheltering under there. And uh, we're a little hotter in the summer than you guys are. So it's a little, little tougher for them. Uh, and of course, when the Formula One race came along, uh, they they managed to somehow relocate all those people. So they have the capabilities. They just don't want to deal with it. Are you finding that things are getting any better in, in Southern California as far as state assistance? You know, with COVID, there was a lot of money that came around for housing. So we do have more beds than we had before. And that's right. important. We never have enough, mm -hmm. but we still have more beds. And one of the things we're really... Uh, um, proud of is that we've been able to develop many partnerships 
with over 65 organizations in our community that we work together to get the end results and help these kids more. So some of our partners have housing. And so, you know, and they've increased their housing with COVID money. So because we do appropriate referrals with, you know, Nicole and Turquoise, our case managers, when it, when we call up the organization and say, we've got two kids for you, they know with when you deal with doors of change, you're going to get an appropriate referral. So these, you know, because you give them a wrong referral, the kid will be there for two or three days and they're going to leave. And that's going to hurt right. everybody. Mm-hmm. So by giving appropriate referrals, by evaluating them properly, knowing what their needs are and, and knowing the kind of person they are, we'll call different, you know, partners. And, and, and that's why they get us in very quickly. But that's one of the things to answer your question. We have seen an increase in housing. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not enough, though, but at least that's 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 a, a, at least a start. I kind of feel like every little bit is a big bit, you know, even if it's just one or two beds, that's that's one or two lives that you can change. You know, one or two beds might not sound like a lot, but it really kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we definitely need more housing opportunities, especially for youth, because, you know, people say, I want to make a difference. I don't know where to, you know, what to do. The reason we selected homeless youth is because the youth are our future. And because these kids are on the streets, not because they want to be, because they have to be, we want to give them a hand up so that they can have an opportunity to be an integral part of our community, our society. And if you keep them in the streets with another three, four, five, six years, they're there forever. They're going to be so drugged up, so, you know, addicted to to drugs, alcohol, you know, uh, they could be dead because of, of, of violence that happens on the streets. But the yeah. quicker we can get these kids off, the better it is for society and for them. And so that's why when people are touched and say, you know, okay, I, I want to help. What do I do? Go to our website of doorsofchange.org. Now, I know that financially it's difficult for a lot of people today, but we trade that mark the name Angel Team. The California Angels let us, and our, our attorney almost fell off his chair when he heard this from them. He gave us the only permission they've ever given to actually use the name Angel Team, wow. except because we do it for homeless kids. And so for $11 a month minimum, maybe $18 a month, maybe $30 a month, whatever you can afford, get on an auto pay system. So you'll give us 20 bucks a month, $18 a month. If we have 500 people, 1,000 people giving us 18, 20 bucks a month, it's going to add up so we can help more kids. Right. get off the streets and get the resources they need quicker. Right. And so that's one way that people can help us is to go to doorsofchange.org and be an angel team member. Be mm-hmm. part of the angel team. Then you're doing something that you're actively doing something to make a difference because people say, you know, I don't know what to do to help the homeless. I want to help. I don't know what to do. What should I do? To me, this is the best way because you're helping them. You're giving them a hand up, not a right. hand out. I really like that term too. And the link to, uh, to uh, Doors of Change, of course, will be in the show notes. Um, before I ask you about the concert, I, I want to ask you, uh, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but something kind of occurred to me. Um, you guys, when when you get the calls, you guys are trained. You know how to talk to these kids. You know how to work with them, how to build that trust. If I were just out and about and I see a homeless child, what what should I do? To, to kind of steer them or what would be my approach to help? Sure. Since you have people listening from all over, what I would recommend is if you see someone like that, look up and see, number one, give them an apple. 
if you have an apple to give them, you have water to give them, give them water and an apple. You know, that's very important. Get something, give them a sandwich, you know, to eat. So at least that's something to eat. But more importantly, find out in your community what organization works with homeless youth. There's a lot of very good organizations throughout the country because, by the way, Scott, there's 4.2 million homeless youth in America today. 4.2 million. Thank God we have a lot of good organizations locally and also around the country that are helping homeless youth. And so look up who's helping this and tell them, you know, call such and such. Give them the number. Call, you know, call Doors of Change in San Diego. Call such and such, you know, and different organizations, different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way you can help them is to give them the number and the and, and the opportunity to get in touch with an organization in the community that they're in to help them get them the resources that they need. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge my listeners to do that right now. Just go find out who your organization is locally. I want you to write that down on a piece of paper and I want you to stick it in your wallet or your purse, something that's going to be with you whenever you go out, put it in your phone. You know, that that's another great plot. Then you can just hit hit dial and, and get these people immediate help. But, you know, you never know who you're going to run into when you're out there. And if you can, you know, if you want to help and if you feel comfortable approaching somebody, obviously always do it with uh, with gentleness and care because you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what their response or or obviously, you know, potential lack of trust would be. Um, so, you know, but but have that information ready. Don't even wait to look it up until you need it. Just have it with you right now. Yeah. I keep apples and water in my car, bottles of water. And when I see a homeless person, I give an apple and a bottle of water and they really appreciate it. You know, that's good. And if you say, by the way, would you like to talk to someone that can help you that works with homeless kids? Because um, mm-hmm. we only deal with homeless kids, 17 to 25 year olds, the transitional right. age youth. And so, you know, that would be great for them to speed by. I'll have the name of an organization in Vegas and Buffalo and Toronto, wherever they are. They can you can you can dial up for them and let them talk to them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that idea. Um, so tell me what's happening Saturday, July 17th. So every year we have concerts to help raise money and awareness to get homeless kids off the streets. We always have a homeless youth speak at the concert, and that is the highlight of the whole evening. They will tell their story, and people are touched deeply and want to help. So that's the first thing. We're having Hasting the Sunshine Band, they've sold 100 million copies of their albums, uh, is going to headline our event. And um, it's going to be at on Saturday, July 27th at UCSD in San Diego, the Epstein Family Amphitheater. It's a beautiful amphitheater. And so if you're in Southern California, come and, and say, listen, I'm going to have great fun music and I'm going to make homeless kids, you know, the opportunity to help them get a better life. And there'll be homeless kids at the pro- there, by the way. And when they see a bunch of people, we're going to have 1,500 people at this concert. They're going to see a bunch of people. It's like, wow, they really do care about us. It's life-changing for these kids to see that. So, you again, we're going to start selling tickets in April. Go to our website, doorsofchange.org. You can get tickets on our website. Um, and if people are out of town and say, you know something, I can get 50 bucks. I can get $18 a month. Whatever they can do would be wonderful. Because it's not the quantity as much as it's, it's the quality that you want to make a difference and you want to help in whatever way you can. We have, we really appreciate it. It's not going in my pocket. It's going directly to fund programs and services to get these kids a better life. You know, I think that's a really important point, Jeffrey, because 
I think one of the reasons that people don't give is because they're afraid that it goes to anything but what they intend it to go to. It goes to administrative costs and to pay salaries and that sort of thing. And and yeah, you have to have some of that. You have to have infrastructure, otherwise yeah. you don't have anything. But to to see the results that you guys are getting, you're obviously making a difference. You know, and so it's it's not a matter of just, oh, I'm going to throw my money away to this or that. You're making a difference in the world. You know, it's very hard for anybody to trust today. Music industry is the same way. And thank God that Billy Joel, the first angel that came on board with us 22 years ago, he loved our vision. He said, I'll take a chance and sign a keyboard for us. And he did. And then three months later, he was touring with Elton John. And he told Elton John what he did. And Elton said, I want to be involved also. So having these two megastars sign keyboards for us, that endorsement told people in the music industry, this is good organization. You can trust this organization. We're behind them and we're behind their vision. And because of that, the Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Etta James, Buddy Guy, you know, James Taylor, you name it, many, 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 many people have come and helped sign memorabilia because they trusted Doors of Change. Mm -hmm. And thank God we're able to parlay that to get 2,800 homeless youth off the streets and to save housing and help self-sufficiency. I just, I, I'm so astounded by those numbers. Congratulations. And for all those kids too, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. You never know what those kids are going to go on to do. What, you know, who would have thought when you were growing up that you would form this organization? Probably nobody, but you did. You went on to do that because you were inspired to. And people that are given an opportunity by a system to have a better life, they're going to always be connected to that. And they're always going to want to inspire and and, and help out with that. So uh, I absolutely love what you're doing, but I see you have a picture. Yeah. I'll give you another uh, example of success. Tyler was on under the Imperial Beach Pier living from 12 years old to 16 years old because his mom was a meth addict. She loved him, but she was addicted to meth. He's literally living outside under the pier for four years. And we met him. He came to us. We developed a relationship. We helped him. He came to us after all and said, you know, I want to be a security guard. Will you pay for my guard card? And because he was so motivated to help others and help himself, we paid $400 for his guard card. He ended up going to what's called Elite Security, which is the largest security system in San Diego. And he started working hard and hard and hard and hard all these years. He ended up becoming the the employee of the year at Petco Park in front of 25,000 people. Wow, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. These are just some of the stories that when your donations, the ripple effect of what they're going to do or coming to the concert on you know July 27th to see Casey and the Sunshine Band, that's just a great way you can help us also. Any of those things, we're going to get more Tylers and Justines and many others like that an opportunity to be role models, to show others it is possible to break the cycle and to help others. Is it the 27th or the 17th? I had the 17th. 27th, 27th of July. Okay, 27th, okay. All right, excellent. Well, I will definitely be promoting that. Thank you so much for coming back on the show to update us. Congratulations, your success is immense. And the best thing is that you're changing people's lives, which will make the world a better place because like I said, they'll go on to do important stuff. Yeah. And and just anybody that's listening, if you're touched, 
you truly can make a difference. Your donations are truly going to where you want it to go. You can see by the success of the kids that we're helping these kids have a better life. And your donation of whatever you can give will help them save a life and also give them the ability to be a role model, to give hope that it is possible to break the cycle of homelessness for other youth that are looking at them. And so we appreciate it. Doorsofchange.org. Uh, Scott, I really appreciate you allowing me to come on and you know share what's going on. And um, please, if you if you hear this and you come to the concert, come up to me. I'll be in the tux and come up and say I I heard you on Scott's uh, telecast and, and and be a part of this. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, the link will be in the show notes. You can just click it. You don't even have to write it down. It'll just be right there for you. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing. Please thank your staff for me. Uh, you guys are absolutely incredible. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it very much. You bet. We'll see you guys in the next episode on Wednesday. Cheers. Cheers.